This is the GPL Podcast, part of the Pull Tab Sports family. You know, I, I think there is some shenanigans happening in the goalie community. Are, are you going to speak on that? In as, the goalie as a, community. Oh, get a oh, former goalie. You know, I got to ride with Goalie Nation, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, we got to complete the same question. Duck, duck. <laughs> goose. Oh! <laughs> it ain't great duck, it's goose. <laughs> but the Big Ten's a bad conference. That's a joke. If, if this gets clipped, that's a joke. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely cooking that one now. Now, here's Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 244. Well, Vigs, we're kind of going in a different direction tonight, not talking hockey right off the bat. Yeah, we've got Derek Burns from Dinktown Athletes joining us tonight to talk all things NIL. They've had a big, big month so far with a couple special announcements that they've been able to work out and uh, it's Exciting time for University of Minnesota Athletics. Well, let's uh, bring him in. Let's bring him right in. underway here. Derek Burns from... Wait, let's let's press the right button. There we go. There he is from Town Athletes. Hey, guys. Nice to finally meet you, Derek. Very good to meet you. Good to, good to be virtually face-to-face. What's um, <laughs> in face to the uh, many, many emails. Appreciate the support, guys. Well, you know, we did a, a special uh, kind of thing together this summer when hockey came on board, and uh, it was very successful. The GPLers really came through uh, on that program, and I'm, I'm so glad to be part of that when the hockey part of Dinky Town Athletes started. Yeah, it was it was a really good collaboration to be able to launch support for hockey and when the minute we started talking about it everybody says you have to get with go for puck live this is the you guys have the audience you guys are connected they well respected etc so i'm so glad we were able to partner on that really appreciated you guys getting the word out and plugging us in with your audience that, that and, there, was and there was a generous donor who matched up to a pretty nice amount it just mm-hmm. it turned out to work really well and we were just we we're proud to be part of it and it's, it's glad to kick it off but Viggs, it's not just this. It's not so simple. There's just a lot of pieces to this, isn't there, Viggs? Yeah, I think so. Everything is really evolving with the NIL space and just trying to figure out what's going to be the right fit for Minnesota. You know, we often joke that Minnesota compliance is one of the strictest in the country. I, I think if you had a ranking, you know, you might say they're number one. So the approach that Minnesota take is is maybe different than some of the SEC schools take. And I think what Derek and his group are doing is setting up the institution for something sustainable and something that's going to be really successful long-term. And I think this like duck, duck beer promotion with, with gray duck and now the vodka sales, you know, I think that's a sign that Minnesota can come together and support our athletes here. And it's going to be something, maybe not an immediate impact to hockey, but it's going to be something that impacts them long-term. Yeah, we're, we have four different revenue streams coming into the collective and passive income is the last one we've developed, which is brand collaborations. And we've had a really, really, really fun and encouraging last couple of weeks uh, launching our beverage partnership. And it's gotten a lot of 
you know, beyond just, I think the potential financial benefit, it's gotten a lot, helped us get a lot of exposure just because why, you know, connecting over beer, I guess, is, is a good way to connect with people. So it's gotten people talking, it's gotten people to pay attention to this. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of negativity around NIL and people a lot of times I think would rather plug their ears and like try and ignore it or forget about it or whatever. So, um, but hopefully we can dispel some of that, you know, tonight and, but Definitely a really exciting last couple of weeks kind of wrapping around our beverage launch. And yes, we're taking a very sustainable approach to this. We're building something that will last, that's very supportive to the current athletes. We are doing it the right way, but that doesn't mean we can't be competitive. There's After 16 months in this, I can tell you that um, we don't need to cheat in order to compete. It's kind of mm-hmm. our, you know, our, our myth that we we bust, and I can go into detail. But just rest assured, we're we're building something sustainable for sure. So sorry, my internet might be a little wonky here. If I drop or go, you guys just keep going. Um, one thing Coach Motsko talked about at the media day a couple of weeks ago is like, you know, ninety percent of this stuff are just small little things. You know, nil. You know, like somebody like a Cooley getting a, a Chipotle deal for free Chipotle for a year. Um, but you don't hear about that stuff because you know, all, all people hear about are the big football things, the ridiculous things, but really 90, 95% of this are small things like that. And what you guys are doing that sustain the whole, or like the backbone of everything. Yeah, initially, I mean, a little over a year ago when we did the research, it's hard, first of all, it's difficult to get solid financial information, but from what we are able to glean, I mean, we we kind of kind of had it as ninety six percent of what's going on in NIL is not is not the big headline grabbing deal between the you know the football recruit at you know SEC school X that's getting seven figures for whatever. Um, that's that's what grabs the headlines, and that's mm-hmm. that's what people think all NIL is. And although there's a little bit of that happening, and by the way, a lot of those headline grabbing deals are, there's more than meets the eye. I'm not saying there isn't big deals out there, but very often if you back channel that, you find out that there's some holes. But anyway, um, you're exactly right. I mean, 96% of what's going on in NIL is getting, you know, real support, things like appearances, um, social endorsements, uh, brand partnerships, uh, fan engagements, exclusive content, you know, videos for, for members like our members and different collectives. That's what NIL is for the most part. And really similar to what we did this summer, we got a lot of people to help donate, get on board. And you're like, yeah, well, well you can have uh, Justin Close for your podcast. Yep. And it was it worked out just great for us. Um, yep. And, and uh, it was just, you know, it wasn't a ton of effort on our part. Let's just, just work together, put a few things up, put a page up, mm-hmm. get people to talk about it. And it worked out really well. And it, that was a very cool case of how NIL could work. Yeah, it's, I think that a couple things, this is the new way to support student athletes. You know, in my generation, I, I was a, a student athlete at the university uh, a generation ago. And, you know, our, in our generation, the coaches and the boosters helped us get jobs. They were actually real jobs. We had to go show up Mm -hmm. and work, but they, they, you know, we had a, a connection there and boosters raised money for a new weight room and, you know, the new locker room upgrades and such. And I know that still goes on, but this is the new way to support student athletes. And the myth number one, which you're kind of getting at here is that student athletes are not just paid for doing nothing. 
This isn't, mm -hmm. you know, we're just paying them because they're on the team, what have you. By NCAA rules, they have to be mm -hmm. doing something to earn the compensation. And so um, that's number one is we're getting support to the student athletes in a new way for this generation. But the other side of it is like, what do you as a fan or a donor or someone who's connected get for that? And it's ultimately it's access to the athletes. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, a, a hardcore fan that wants um, content that's not available to the average fan, in other words, meet and greets and autographs and special memorabilia and retro jerseys that we're going to have out later and exclusive content interviews um day in the life content that sort of thing it's that access to the athletes think of anything like a fan club for your favorite band whatever mm -hmm. i mean it's the same model so access to these athletes that that wasn't available before that's what we can offer for it but at the same time it's getting the athletes support and there's composer i just bought a 12 pack of duck duck beer yesterday all right thank you composer let us know how it is <laughs> vegs do you like the beer you had it? Yeah, I, I had it at the release at Stubborn Herbs that uh, Dinkytown Athletes put on. And then I enjoyed one uh, during the pregame for the Michigan-Minnesota game on wow. Saturday. I found it at Huntington Bank and, and brought one to my seats and showed it to all my season ticket holders around me. And they went out and bought some Duck Duck beer as well. So it's a great light lager. You know, if you're going to drink a light lager, I would not go get some Denver water. I would not go get uh, St. Louis water. I would go get some Minnesota water and enjoy that and support <laughs> support your state. So I, I, I think it's a great beer for that. And uh, it's not going to be the GPL beer of the week every week. It's something we do here, Derek. I, I lean to things that are more Imperial Stouty or, or Big IPA. Understood. But it's in the rotation now. Excellent. And I'm, and I'm a beer snob. So if it had off flavors, <laughs> I would not be saying that. But it, it's, okay. it's a very clean beer, which is what you're looking for in that style. Great. Well, it's good to hear that. they That's what they were going for is the widest appeal. And it's a it's a it's a tailgate bonfire barbecue crusher, basically. Um, and I I would you know, my sales pitch on it is it's it's not a giant macro, you know, batting headache ingredients, that sort of thing. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good clean crusher that with, with quality ingredients, it's, it's, you know, in Minnesota made and, and you're supporting uh, go for student athletes. Um, Derek, what's your background? What got you into all of this? Yeah. Well, town athletes. Yeah. My, well, uh, first thing I was a student athlete, uh, at university of Minnesota, uh, 20, a little over 20 years ago. And so lifelong, obviously now fan, uh, of, of Gopher sports. That's my passion, but, uh, work-wise myself and my business partner who started this, uh, worked together and owned a business for 20 years together. We were two of five owners. That business was sold a little over two years ago. And our intention was to take a little bit of a break before taking on our next business venture. And uh, I, I was connected with a pretty big group of, of kind of diehard football Gopher fans um, and through uh, Gopher Gridiron Radio, which is owned by mm -hmm. Luke Buer, and I do a guest spot on there for analysis. And uh, that group of people knew that NIL is coming and every Power 5 conference team is going to need a collective and every major division one hockey program is going to need it, you know, a collective. So uh, they knew that the need was there and this was kind of a well-meaning group of fans and they didn't have anybody to lead it. So they asked if, you know, Rob and I would be interested because we're diehard gopher fans and mm -hmm. uh, we were, 
kind of talked into it a little bit, but uh, we, but it's a, it's a passion for us. So we took it on as a passion project and thought, you know, this is a way we can give back. Uh, I got support when I was a student athlete in those ways that I talked about. And this is something that I can do to support the, the current student athletes. So that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing it. All right, Viggs. So Derek, how's your expertise translated? Like what were some of the hardest parts of setting up down athletes? Cause it seemed like at the start of NIL, there was almost like a land rush of yeah. people trying to figure out solutions for everything. Yeah. And I know, you know, the Gopher hockey alumni were a little uncertain about how Dickey town athletes was going to grow and if they mm-hmm. were going to be sufficient. So can you kind of talk us through that? Yeah, we took, um, six months before we launched to build bridges with the university itself. So I don't want to give a really dry uh, background explanation, but in short, collectives cannot be officially tied to universities. It has to be an arm's length agreement because the universities themselves can't be involved in the contracts and the compensation of athletes. So you have to have this kind of odd third party known as a collective in order to be able to do that. But we wanted to do it right we wanted the university to know what we were doing know what our intentions were make the you know make those relationships so that they could help us in in a compliant way they would know what we're doing and like let's do it right and it's really important i think to have one collective at a school um there's really been a a lot a very a lot of evidence now showing that if you have multiple collectives that's a recipe for disaster they they end up uh end up eating each other up and they just they'll end up folding into one collective anyway it's too confusing for fans so we wanted to kind of be let's be the one collective let's do it right let's have those relationships so um that was kind of the background and frankly my business experience that i had prior to this you know there are some business principles that translate but this is definitely has been a startup which i had not had startup experience and my takeaway is that if I didn't have a passion in this, I would not be doing a startup, <laughs> a lot of work, and there's not a lot of resources, but I've enjoyed it because I like the content and I have a passion for what it is. But um, but yeah, I, I, I guess the, those learning many things along the way, and just to touch on what you said, um, Eric, there's been a lot of oxygen spent on how do you do this and what's the right mm-hmm. recipe and what's going to win. And we've we're not experts, but in looking at what's working and what's not working elsewhere and trying to fit something to this market, we really feel like we have a good recipe and we think the solution's right in front of us. And it's a blend of, of donors and fan members and business partnerships and that passive income. So those four things together, I think is a good recipe for success for this market. Yeah. I know Mark Coyle always talks about like the five buckets of revenue for his athletic department, you know, ticket sales, you know, donations, uh, institutional funds, TV revenue. And I think, you know, for digging down athletes to identify that they have buckets of revenue to pursue as well is really smart. I think, you know, the growth has been nice to see throughout the year because, you know, everybody's trying to get their feet going on this and just seeing the support rise up the last couple of weeks. I know the athletes I've talked to about it are very excited about how it's going to impact them down the future and, and when their alums seeing this for their program as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, another myth probably in those top three myths that we get are Minnesota doesn't have any NIL and, you know, they've got nothing going or, or and that's just not true. Um, 
I would say because we're not grabbing those headlines of trying to steal the recruit or mm-hmm. make a big inducement or something, we're probably not making those headlines, which I'm proud of the fact that we aren't. But uh, we have, I mean, we've only been, uh, we've only really officially launched just over a year and we already have almost 500 activations. So that's 500 deals with almost a hundred student athletes. So we've had a lot going on and the growth has been, uh, has been very encouraging and the growth is actually accelerating too. So it's not, it hasn't just been linear. It's, it's, you know, in the last, I mean, specifically the last three weeks, it's really taken off as well. So we're really proud of where we're at. Um, we're really proud to be where we are. We've had a lot of wins and a lot of things we can point to and, and retention of athletes that we can point to, but at the same time, uh, we have to be competitive. And this is, this is a new huge pillar that university sports teams are competing on for, um, attracting and, and, and retaining talent. And I will just say hockey is about a year behind um basketball and football but um let me tell you it's coming and i don't want to scare anybody but um the uh this will be something just like uh just like a facilities we're competed with and whatever else that you know attracts recruits and and transfers and and uh you know retains talent this is going to be probably number one or number two so it's it's going to be uh, even I can say in hockey, just even in the last two months, totally different than it was two months ago. Although I, I noticed we've got a question here coming up from one of our, our favorite lawyer, the GPL lawyer, that we'll get to that in a second. But first, we need to talk about one of our sponsors, FURTA Fundraisers, Viggs. Yeah, association hockey is underway, and that means fundraising season is coming right around the corner. FURTA Fundraisers is here to put the fun back in fundraising with staff to plan around your needs support from start to finish, and plans to maximize your return while staying close to retail prices. FURTA prides themselves on showcasing local premium products, like GPL loves local products too, Uh, Joe Mama Salsa, Von Hansen's Pretzel Snacks, and Croy Valley Barbecue Rubs and Sauces. Visit FURTAfundraisers.com to ignite your fundraising. FURTA boys, FURTA girls, FURTA community, FURTA fundraisers. All right. Thanks for that, Viggs. Let's go back to the big screen here. We see everybody here. And uh, we had a question from our favorite GPL lawyer, Eric Brever. How have traditional big donors responded to the collective? Is the U concerned that donors will move to monies to the collective and not donate to the school? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, I think everywhere, this is a, a topic of conversation. I don't know that I'd use the word concerned. Um, you know, the foundations at these schools are the ones that control the 501c3 donations that ultimately get to the athletic department. And so if you ask them, it's certainly something that's on their radar. I don't know if they would consider it a threat or not, but from a donor's perspective, it's it's a it's very new and it's a, I would say a very, um, there's a lot of educating going on to talk. There are a lot of questions to be answered and things like that. And one of those is definitely, well, I've donated every year to the university, you know, to the foundation fund and okay, should, should I split my donation? Should I donate to NAL now? And our answer is uh, ask the coaches. And I think right (laughs) now the coaches would tell you that NIL is a priority. I'm not here to, to take away from anything that the foundation's doing. They have a very large budget. And just to be completely blunt, I mean, 
our what what I think the the collective and what uh, Gopher Hockey needs in order to to be competitive and stay competitive is not going to to erode somebody's um, you know the foundation's income. So I think that both can happen. Certainly, ask for both, or people be to be wanting to donate to both. But I think it's fair to say NIL is a priority right now. And if that means that you know some money gets shifted that way, I think that's that's the world we live in at the moment. Our guy Sloth says when he uh, wins the Powerball tonight, he's going to pledge ten percent to you. So Sounds I good. think you, I think you would take that. Yes, <laughs> Sloth. I think that's also a binding contract. We've yeah. got, our, <laughs> we got our Eric Brever on retainer, and I think he's going to write that up for us. So thank you. <laughs> so what's the future for Dinky Town athletes? I mean, uh, what's your one or maybe three year kind of goals right now? We want to support all nearly 500 student athletes at the university of Minnesota in all sports. I think that's a good goal. And I think we, I mean, this is a little bit, um, will sound a little bit ambiguous, but we need to be, we need to be competitively supporting our student athletes so that in, in a way it's kind of like we're supporting them so that this is looked at as, as a positive or that it's just, it's in the same realm to where, this isn't a negative and, and being played against us, right? So we you have to be in the game. Believe it or not, NIL is not really about who has the most money. I think that's people's assumption when you, again, you hear about those headline deals where, well, a student athlete left here because they could go get more money here or, and yes, some of that happens to a degree, but ultimately student athletes are making decisions based on a number of things. NIL is going to be one of those. So if there are two or three schools that they're considering and all three are giving, you know, a, a amount of support that's relatively similar or kind of in the same realm, it's, it's, that's not the thing, right? So, but what we have seen, there's two things we've seen, and I'm not sure how this will affect hockey, but two things we've seen are student athletes and their final year of eligibility who are not going to make money in the pros we have seen them leave for for to make more money because mm -hmm. they're saying this is my last year i have to make money while i'm while i'm in college because i'm not going to be making it in the pros that is a, a trend we're seeing the other is if you don't have any support or very little support you will get players poached you will get you will lose those battles so again i'll just i'll restate it to make it super clear we haven't seen that this is about whoever can offer the most money or have the most resources and you know it's literally comes down to you know someone going to the college down the road because they can get 20 percent more we're not seeing that it's not about having the most it's about being competitive and being in the game all right i see a question from ryan k are you seeing alumni playing pro sports stepping up and helping the collective i find this a little interesting because yeah i believe you have a little difficulty with current pro players and trying to do stuff with them don't you um not really um oh. we haven't we haven't so if you um there's some ownership so there are some collector collectives that have ownership tied to pro franchises and that's mm -hmm. an issue so uh there there are a few um collective owners that like are part owners in basketball for nba franchises and that becomes a conflict of interest but um no for the i think in general 
um, pro alumni, I think it, that is becoming a thing. First of all, we, we've had some really good productive conversations with um, the men's hockey alumni, and uh, that's really an ambitious group that wants to support the players. And I think I don't want to I don't want to give any um, give anything away, but I've I think been pushing them towards you. OK, OK. <laughs> well, I just there are some things there are some things coming up in the future that I think are going to be pretty exciting uh, to support the collective. But it's early. So uh, just stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, elsewhere, I can say around the uh, around the country, there have been um, Michigan State NHL alumni um, have made a, a very large investment in their uh, in their collective. So I think that is a thing. It's going to continue to be a thing. And um, I think it's a good thing. I mean, giving back to to, you know, the, the college that, that you cut your chops at and, and had that college experience and giving back to that, I think it's great. I like that we're seeing some retro gear. Nigerian yep. shirts and things like that. Yep. I, I like that. Yep, we have got some coming for hockey. So um, we've got some retro jerseys uh, with with alumni name, image, and likeness. And in those cases, those those alumni that you're going to see have graciously, um, you know, donated that essentially to to be able to have the proceeds from those uh, retro jerseys go to the collective to support the current players. So. Um, look for that soon. I see a question here. Taylor Kearns, our guy, Mo Tay. I know nothing about NAL. Can you donate to specific sport? Or does it kind of need to go into one pot? And actually, you can with Dinky Telling Athletes, can't you? Yep. So uh, as I mentioned, those those uh, four uh, revenue streams, uh, the main one, if you, I think for our market, is going to be uh, just fan memberships. So fan memberships start at $10 a month. It basically operates on a Patreon model. So it's $10 a month up to $500 a month, and you get different perks at each level. And when you when you purchase a membership, yes, you can choose to which sport or sports you want your membership to benefit. So you, you're not, it doesn't go into a pot uh, unless you want it to go into our general fund. Um, you can, if you just want to support men's hockey or men's and women's hockey or hockey and softball, I mean, whatever mix you want, uh, you can make that election when you become a member. Sounds like a good deal, Viggs. Yeah, I think it's going to be really important. I mean, you can look at what Michigan State's doing with their hockey program. You know, it's not just the collective. They've made lots of improvements to their arena and to their team facilities and I was just like listening to Derek Schooley uh, this week on US- USCHO. And he's like, these teams are going to be paying players to come there. And it's going to be a real problem for programs that don't have enough support to keep up because there's only 64 Division One men's hockey programs. So there's going to be a little bit of a stratification that happens, you know, because you're not going to see, you know, big TV money in <laughs> Division One men's hockey. So it's going to mm-hmm. be ticket sales contributions to the programs and contributions to collectives. So it's going to be a big, big part of the next decade of college hockey, I think. Yeah. And I think that Minnesota specifically would, and I know there's some apples and oranges for sure, but if you look at the legacy and kind of the placement of historically of gopher hockey being right at the top and you look at other sports, what the challenge is or the concern is if you, if we don't do NIL right, is those very top teams lose their depth. So you you see that other teams will come in and try to induce, which is technically not allowed by the NCAA, but it does happen. And they'll try to lure those, those players that aren't on the first line, those players that aren't getting enough ice time. They'll try and lure them to their team because they're going to play more. 
and maybe they can, you know, maybe they're, they have a donor that's willing to, to throw a big carrot out there to try to lure them financially. So I, I definitely think we can deal with that here. And again, supporting the current student athletes that we have really takes that away. But if you're, if we're cavalier about this, the way that a couple of football powerhouses have been, um, then they've now changed their tune, by the way, but they went into this saying, Hey, we're, we're helmet school X, like NIL, whatever, big deal. And it's, and they lost, they lost recruits and they lost talent and now they're, they're changing. So I think we can learn from that and just, just learn to get ahead of this and, um, just make sure that we're we're supporting our student athletes and all the other wonderful reasons why uh, why hockey athletes want to come to the U of M are still there. Viggs, did you have anything else for Derek here? Uh, I I have been a big fan of your podcast with uh, Ryan and Luke over the years, and I had a question that got onto your show this last week, <laughs> and it's the bye week for the football program, so I got to get a little football talk in here before we we shift on. But I pose, what's the philosophical next step for this Gopher football program? When you look at Gopher hockey, with their young players, they develop them. Uh, right now, Oliver Moore is going to be a center for the Gophers. He's a first-round pick. He's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to be on the power play. He scored two goals in the exhibition. And Moscow's just feeding him more and more to develop him. Sam Renzel, first-round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks, stepping into a blue line where there's a lot of openings with guys going on in the NHL. He is playing on a first power play unit and getting lots of time. How do you see PJ taking this football team, which has struggled a little bit this year with North Carolina and Northwestern, and then maybe getting overmatched with Michigan, continuing to develop all this talent they have. they got the two big freshman running backs, Ethan Calic-Manis at quarterback. A lot of skill, but a lot of room to grow. What do you yeah. see happening in the second half? Well, I, I, uh, that was a great question that we did address on the podcast and I'll give you my honest answer. And I know I, I probably will sound like a rube, but hopefully if anybody's <laughs> listened to the, if anybody's listened to the go for good Iron radio podcast, the last few years, hopefully I've built up some equity and I, I really try and shoot straight, uh, give my, my honest opinion. I think it's going to get better. And here's why they've had a lot of those young guys that when I look at them, I said from game one, I don't think it's a it's a speed size strength athleticism thing with those guys why they're not playing as well as as we want them to be I think it's a uh, mental in football we call them post snap reads but it's being in the right position and reacting to what the other side of the ball is doing and that you have to develop that with experience it's um it's not necessarily that they're missed assignments they're doing the wrong thing they're just a little slow in getting to the right spot and the only way that you that you get better at that is seeing that play or diagnosing that play or, or running that play the 50th time, you're a lot better at it than you were the fifth time that you did it. So I really think that uh, they're going to be better in the second half of the year, because particularly on defense where they, where they've been really solid the last, I mean, the last five years of this PJ Fleck era, they've just been pretty lights out on defense. That's been a problem because they've given up big plays so far and and for the reasons that I think I mentioned. And so I think that's going to get better. I, I Who knows how much and how quickly that comes. I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do think it's going to get better. They are going to get some things cleaned up on defense and then the other side of the ball as well. You get those those young guys and they got to get some guys healthy too. We got Brever here with another question. The resident lawyer, here we go. Uncomfortable question. 
are member, <laughs> but he's a member and he's happy to do it. <clears throat> How are we sure that the money goes where it's supposed to? Who audits Dinky Town athletes? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very fair question. Um, so we are being that we're separate from the university. Um, we have pledged 85% of every dollar that comes in goes to go for student athletes. We're transparent with the university about that. Um, and the 15% that doesn't go to student athletes is to run the business. So there's no, there's no money in running a collective. I'll just be honest. Um, that's not why we're doing it. There's no profit for Rob and I to run this, but, um, 15% is at the, is at the good end of kind of what the norm is. So, uh, if you basically are, are, I'll just say this, our relationship with the university, uh, keeps us, you know, that, that, if there were going to be anything nefarious, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't last very long at all. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, those are the checks and balances that we have to make sure that, that somebody else is making sure that we're, uh, we're putting the money where it needs to go. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, Derek. It was, it was great to have you on. Give, give us some education on NIL. It's my pleasure. And if anybody uh, wants to learn more, dinkytownathletes.com become a member or ask questions or uh, hit me up on social. Um, any, any, you could find me one way or another, happy to answer questions. And we might have Eric, Derek come back for a little overtime a little later. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us, Derek. Thank you, gentlemen. And here's a little something from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Kevin. I've been part of the ball crew at numerous tennis events for years. They say I'm an excellent ball handler. It's my job to get loose balls where they're supposed to be, to make the players comfortable so they can focus on the task at hand, winning, which is why I recommend Chill Boys life-changing bamboo boxers and boxer briefs. Chill Boys, comfort where it counts. I thought that was a good commercial, so I thought we should run it. Chill Boys, and don't forget, you know, you know, use the, the code, uh, Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go to chillboys.com. Use the promo code PULLTAB15 for 15% off your order. Gosh. Talk amongst yourselves, please. <laughs> All right. There, Jupe. Boy, could use a little duck duck beer to get that throat in order. Yeah, I, I suppose we should talk a little bit of hockey as this is yeah. the Overpuck Live podcast. That first exhibition with St. Thomas. I thought that first period was rough, a challenging one. You know, Minnesota probably was a little too into their summer hockey and not necessarily on top of their competitive hockey game. I think Bob joked that, you know, at Minnesota, we're really good at being fancy, but fancy doesn't win hockey games. And they had to work on their grit and their grease to find their game. And once they did that, I thought that second period really changed you know, they got a couple power play opportunities, even though the power play didn't look great. You know, it's a chance to work on against a real opponent. Yeah. And they started to figure some things out, which was, which is nice to see. You know, we saw everyone playing, you know, Bob was rotating those seven defensemen through the lineup. Uh, we even saw Michael a little bit, the St. John's player who's the late ad get in there. Uh, but I, I thought it's encouraging for that first week. Obviously, Oliver Moore looked great, which mm -hmm. is really nice to see for Gopher fans. And, you know, he's going to be a good player for them this season. 
I would agree with you in the slow start. I think it was four shots that first period, and then some feedback. I'm not sure what that is. is that me? I did not hear it. You're good. Okay, well, I hear something in my ear. Something's running in the house. I'm like, what the heck is that? Um, yes, obviously they improved. Yeah. The hit on Nevers, Viggs, you put that video out, and it quickly had a couple hundred thousand views. <laughs> By the way, Chris caught me. I did say St. Thomas. I meant Bemidji. It's been a long day for me here. Uh, but, yeah, the hit on Nevers... You know, the player for Bemidji got hit by Oliver Moore earlier in the shift, and he got hit pretty good. And I think he was like, this is an exhibition. I didn't appreciate that hit. I'm looking for something else. And as he came through the neutral zone and Nevers was kind of fumbling the puck along the boards, this guy thought, okay, here's my chance. I'm going to take a run at this guy. And I think because of some of the positioning on the ice, Nevers didn't really see him coming. It wasn't like he was coming straight at him. He was coming out of nowhere, so he didn't really see him. Yes, I know he didn't have his head up, but at the same point, this is amateur hockey. You can't take runs and pick people's heads. Mm-hmm. You know, if he would have came from straight on and just hit him, you know, center mass and skated right through him, that's one thing. He didn't. He came through. He picked. You know, there's head contact. Never's head may have hit the ice after his helmet came off, but – you know, it's gotten over 250,000 views now on Twitter, and a lot of people say clean hit. I have to disagree. And now the Gophers will be without Nevers for at least a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He's not practicing this week. Uh, they will get Aaron Huglin back for St. Thomas after he missed the Bemidji State Series or game, which will be helpful. But it's tough for the Gophers to have these players missing the start of the season with Kester out, now Nevers out. Yeah. You know, Ari hasn't practiced yet. He skated today in his goalie gear, but he didn't really practice. Uh, that's a tough way to start the season. Mote sounded, says it sounded like missile command. Uh, Ryan's his Jupe's girlfriend running the vacuum. I just text her. I'm like, did you, are you running something outside? Because it was something kind of electronic interference that uh, I heard. And apparently the people heard too. So who knows? I'm not, I'm still on Wi Fi right now. Hopefully by this time next week, I'll be on wired connection once I get, you know, this room a little more clean. So, we're getting there. Um, you know, Viggs, uh, you know, you saw a lot of people say clean hit, clean hit, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it may have been a clean hit 20 years ago, Viggs. 30 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just I have a problem. Oh, he, well, he hit his shoulder. for. I'm like, the, the purpose of that hit is to impede his progress, to slow him down. You don't it's need to separate him from the puck. Yeah, you don't need to go in there and kill the kid um so so it's it's kind of hard you know you got a lot of old school people so oh, it's clean head clean head. Oh, no clean head i'm like it was a clean hit why did he get kicked out so yeah it's not clean in today's game and i think when there have been some gophers who have had some questionable hits over the years i have not uh held back you know there's there's no uh, risk of yeah. me not delivering some fire their yeah. way either. If it's one of our guys doing it, I say sit them. I mean, that's just you just can't do that kind of stuff. It's 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 not worth it's not worth it these days. It's just not. I mean, you've seen how some of these players have taken hits and hits and hits over their career. 
And some of them have mental issues after they're done playing hockey. Some of them die young because of it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. So this is the, the new thing with sports folks. Yeah, I think it to, is. They're trying to survive past it and have a life after sports. Yeah, I think it is a good sign that Mason Nevers was at practice today. He wasn't at home isolating in a yeah. dark room or anything. So he's obviously feeling good enough to be at the rink. You know, they're just going to be cautious with him. I don't know if there's any timeline for him to get back into action, but they will go through the proper protocols. You know, Minnesota relies on their doctors to clear their players. It's not going to be a coach's decision. So yep. as no it is there. Chris L, thoughts on Pitlick, kind of up and down. Yeah, I was kind of talking to you about that. I'm like, you know, he got the goal, but, man, he was kind of definitely up and down that game. Did you plant this question, Jude? I, I swear I didn't. You were in my ear about it. You know, he did get a goal, <laughs> which is good for Pitlick's confidence. I thought they did generate some offensive chances. I think there was just a little bit of timing issues. You know, when you get to competitive hockey, you definitely need to – clear the blue line and get possession and you definitely need to have guys driving the net and getting pucks deep. And I think just the transition from summer hockey to actual competitive hockey could be an issue there. You know, Pitlick's a really skilled player and I think he thrives on players who think the game at a high level. And sometimes I think that thinking just comes into play there. You know, I, I know the Gophers are counting on him to be one of their key players offensively on the power play. And he can drive some offense if he's given the right chance. So we'll see where he ends up. You know, he played a lot with uh, Huglin and Kurth. Yep. With Huglin out of the lineup, you know, he's trying to find new chemistry with someone out there during the exhibition. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up this week. Well, quickly, let's talk about one of our other sponsors here, Viggs. Unreal is on board with us this year as, as, as a sponsor as well. And, uh, They've also got a nice deal going for 15% off, but uh, what can you tell us about it? Go for Puck Live is all about Minnesota, and so is Unreal. This company was started in 2013 by a Minnesota entrepreneur, Michael E. Jordan, who had $300 in his bank account and is growing a brand looking to leave a legacy here. We're all about people who want to invest in Minnesota, and Unreal is mm -hmm. one of those companies. They're an independent local clothing company crafted around the athlete, they release fresh looks, the hottest drops, and donate 10% of all profits to organizations and worthy causes in our community. Visit unreal.co, that's a co.com, and use the promo code PULLTAB15 for 15% off your order. Definitely take advantage of that, folks. It's good stuff. If you're a really Vikings fan, stuff. look for their drops. They, oh. they do these exclusive stuff. Uh, they do a lot of hockey merch. Maybe we'll see some gopher merch besides the row of the boat stuff here soon. Let's see. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I'll take a look at some comments. Opinion on fish. Definitely hoping to see him have a good year this year. I like that kid, Viggs. Such a solid defenseman. Yeah, he was talking with the media today and he had the grit and grease uh gopher hockey shirt on. Nice. That's what he adds to the, the lineup. And he was looking forward to hitting someone in a real game because he's had to hold back <laughs> yep. during practice so far. You know, he's a physical player and he understands what he can contribute to the lineup. I thought he looked really good skating wise. You know, in his chances last year, he did a pretty nice job. There were a couple times against Michigan. I think he maybe got a little over the skis with himself, but he has the skill. And I think as he gets more playing time, he'll get more confident. 
one thing about fish is he skated a lot this summer with Kester and Nevers. He was one of the guys who stayed home and worked out a lot with Cal Dietz and the Gopher program. And I think that's going to pay off for him this season. You know, there's a lot of ice time out there now that Johnson Faber and Lacombe have gone on to mm-hmm. professional hockey. And so I think they're looking for fish to, to fill some minutes, play a little penalty kill and give them some depth to their lineup. Ryan K. Yes, please. On the unreal gopher puck gear. I like the way he's thinking. Speaking of gear Vigs, the New Jersey's look cool, according to Sue Slayer. And, you know, we got that that drop on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Three New Jerseys. And then they pull out the road jerseys at Mariucci on Sunday. Why not, right? It I mean, it's an nice. exhibition. You wear whatever you want. No, oh, it was. They look good. <laughs> well, I thought the gold really popped. You know, yes. I think some of the jerseys the last couple of years, the numbers have been more gold on the shoulder. Yeah. Yep. It so these were nice. nice to see. They, they were clean. They popped under the LED lighting, which I know some people maybe looked up during the game and caught a little glare from the lights. They're bright. So keep your eyes on the ice. It's like looking at the sun, you know, with the, the eclipse that's happening this weekend. Don't look at the sun get it. <laughs> directly unless you have protection. Same thing with the LED lights at Mariucci. And you know, one thing people can say, it's darker in there. It's darker in there. I don't think people realize how the light was in Mariucci. It was so flat and it went so out over the stands that now the stands are not lit up as much. So it kind of makes the whole building look darker, but the ice is not that dark. I think it's just kind of a perception thing. I think it's definitely a perception thing. You know, when you're down by the ice, it looks normal and Mm -hmm. bright. I think it's just when you step back and you look into the stands, especially like we posted that video of the salute, you know, someone was talking about dim. Well, they kind of dim it down once the game's over. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see some cool light stuff throughout the season. Now that they have the technology to do it. Um, The glass, I personally was not a fan of Viggs. A little difficult to see the angles through that glass because it's a combo. It's like a hybrid plexiglass, whatever it is. It's different, and it sounds different when the puck hits it too. But um, as a photographer, I, you know, I was shooting straight through the glass. I was doing okay there. But some of the angles, I heard some complaints. Yeah, I think if you're looking through the seams, you're going to have yeah. some issues. But I think it's the same glass as they have at a lot of NHL rinks. And that's what they want to do. They want to do that standard high-end material that they're going to be playing in at the NHL level. So I think it's just a change for Gopher fans. We'll have to get used to. And one thing I did like is that because of the new configuration of the arena, um, Brever's seats down on the end behind the goal in Section 1, they're up 16 more inches, so they could see over the goal. They could see down what's in front of them a lot better. I think those seats behind that goal are going to be some pretty good seats because I sat there in the second period and for a few about five ten minutes, and it was it was those are pretty good seats. But as a photographer, there's some corners and nooks areas that I could never think about going to to shoot from that I'll be able to do this year. So I was happy with that. You know, just go to a corner on in the second period on the other side and I can get the offense and get some good shots and not be worried about bumping into a fan. Um, they didn't use the big luxury seats this past weekend. I know some EMTs are sitting in the seats, a couple of people snuck in them. 
I sat, we, you know, I sat in one, uh, Frank Mazzacco and I went around the arena before the fans got in and we got to test a couple things out. Um, but all in all, I think the changes went over very well. Vegas. Yeah, I think so too. The players all liked the ice. They thought the boards were great. Um, so they're, they're happy. So when the players are happy, the fans should be happy. I would think. All right, Vs, we've got one more break we've got to do here, and you know what it is. Duke Cannon. I got What's my slow feeling. Duke Cannon. You got I've some? Got, I've, I'm on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> Go for Buck Lives is part of the Pull Tab Sports family this year, and that means we need to make sure our hockey hair is elite. One weapon in your hair care arsenal should be Duke Cannon men's grooming products. They're a Minnesota company that makes hardworking products for hardworking men. Whether it's serious flow styling putty, adding some structure to your game, or news anchor thick hair, which I use from time to time to increase some volume, visit DukeCannon.com, Target, or even your local hardware store for products to make your hair a weapon. And they smell good too, Vigs. I, I got some. I'm like, wow, I smell good. And I got mine at Target as well. So you there want you go. everybody goes to Target. You know where to find it, folks. I was using the the news palmade, I think it was. So it's good stuff, folks. Definitely good stuff. St. Thomas Vigs heading down to the X Friday night. I know you can't make it, you can have youth hockey galore all over the place, but uh at the X, you know, I'm guessing there'll be quite a few Gopher fans there. Maybe um, there'll be a lot of St. Thomas fans there as well. But uh, it'll be actually nice to play at the X again. It's been a while for the Gophers. Yeah, we were talking about that today. I feel like 2017 might have been the last time the Gophers had played at the X. So it's been a while. Uh, a couple of the players are saying, why not You know, start the year where you're going to end the year? So we'll see since the frozen four is going to be at Excel at the end of the season, you know, that's definitely their goal. That's what they're thinking of right now, mm-hmm. but it's a long way to get there. And this team, you know, with so many losses from last season on the blue line, I think that's the big question mark. I was listening to Chris Peters and, and Brad Schlossman this week, talk about Minnesota and they are worried with the question marks at the Gophers defense, because they've got players who, played a lot of minutes, all the special teams, and now they're gone. So this weekend, I'm really going to watch to see how Luke Middlestad, Sam Renzel run that power play if they get mm-hmm. power play chances. You know, I think that's really the real critical part of this team that can push them to the top of the Big Ten and do a number one seed or to the middle of the Big Ten and fighting for you know a NCAA bid. And... St. Thomas is looking good. St. Thomas is looking good. They gave St. Cloud all they can handle, and they stole some points from them, you know, in the pairwise and everything. So this will be a good test for Minnesota. Rico brought in a lot of transfers to the team. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised by that. I'm not. <laughs> well, I, I thought he was going to I think a lot of it. players are going to be coming and going. I thought he was going to do it right away, and he really didn't dip in as much as I thought he would. He waited a year to really go in the portal hard. And so this is a team that that could be dangerous. You know, Minnesota has so much depth up front with their forward group. I think they'll be able to roll four lines and really, if they can get to work and not have one undone shifts, 
you know, that depth will stand out against the Tommies who probably okay. don't have that kind of depth to compete with them. And Justin Close is healthy and, and should be back uh, for both games this weekend. Huglin should be back as well, correct? Yep. Huglin's been skating. He looks like he'll be fine for the weekend. That's what Bob said. You know, we won't see Nevers. We won't see Kester, obviously. You know, Kester is rushing back, uh, according to Bob, in his media availability today. I think caution is probably a good thing for him with his injury and making sure he's ready to come back. And I think the medical team will protect Kester from himself because he wants to be out there. Yeah. And missing the start of the season is so hard for these players. But that's you know, very long season. Yeah. If, I mean, it means that, you know, they're not going to tell people what he knows, what's going on. But, you know, it's it's not something super serious that will leave him out for two months or three months or the year, at least. Yeah. Not that we see. Yeah, if this injury is what I think it is, it's something that, you know, with that five to six week timeline, he should be ready to go and come back to the ice. And, you know, he can add a lot of offense to this team. He's the one defenseman who's, I think, got the best vision back there for that part of the team. And sometimes the defensemen, when they get the puck on the point, you know, they're too mechanical, they're too direct. You think he's creative and he sees things well enough. Renzel was on the ice a lot this past weekend. And, they are uh, going to be giving him all I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, Bob's really happy with his progress. He says he leaps every week. You know, every week he gets more and more confident. And, uh, you know, I notice he touches the stove quite a bit and takes chances. And when you're 6'5 and can move like he does, that gives you the ability to do that. It's going to be a learning process for him about what situations he does that in for the Gophers. But he's got a lot of talent and a lot of confidence. I think it's just getting some experience and reps. You know, Derek was talking about this with the football team and football players is getting reps and getting your eyes in the right spot. You know, I think that's the challenge when you move to Division One hockey. So how do you feel about this weekend? I mean, I, I think it's tough to predict when the games start. You just, you're basically just throwing something against a wall. But what do you think? I'm not as worried as Brad and Chris are about the Gophers defense. I think they've got, with Renzel and Middlestad enough offense. And of course, we haven't talked about Chesley at all. Chesley's going to be... He was all over the place too. <laughs> yeah, he's not on the power play right now at this point. But he's going to be leading the penalty kill. He's going to be tough in the defensive zone. He's a physical player. And I think he does want to get into the rush when he gets chances. And Bob uh, even made a Faber reference when talking about Chesley today, saying, you know, I don't want to set expectations too high for Chesley, but there's a lot of Faber attributes mm. in Chesley's games. I do think the one thing with Chesley that's different than Faber, Chesley wants to get into the rush more than Brock did. Brock mm -hmm. seemed to be, I want to own the defensive part of the rink. I want to set my teammates up to get in transition. He didn't really join the rush. Chesley's going to jump up there, and he wants to get involved in the offense, which would be fun to see. Well, it's going to be a fun home-and-home -home weekend no matter what, Viggs. And then it's going to lead us to kind of a, a special podcast next week and a special day next week. We won't be on Wednesday. We will be on Thursday, and we'll be earlier in the evening, about 7 o'clock, 
And where are we going to be, Vigs? We're going to be at the Ralph. We are going to be at the Ralph. Do this. It's going to be fun. It could be total cluster. But we're going to do it anyway because, yeah, hey, we, we did it. We did it live from Tampa Arena this, you know, this, this spring. So we're going to try it here. We're going to go to the Ralph. We got people got us going to get us all set up in the Ralph. And of course, uh, Schlossman is going to join us and then he's going to take us to the Olive Garden afterwards or maybe before. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's a before thing so we can check out the whole deal. But uh, I, I, that's that's going to be a fun one no matter what, Vigs. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I know the players are as well. They got to take care of business first this weekend. Yes. But it's it it speeds up really quick. You know, this season, the, the Gophers don't play a soft schedule. No. You, know, you may look at Bemidji and St. Thomas as maybe being an easy start, but it gets it gets busy real quick. So can't All right. wait. I can't wait either. You got anything else for us this week, Vicks? I think we've covered a lot of it here. We're going to have Derek come back hopefully here in a bit. Yeah, I think just fans look for the Gopher power play. Mm. How hard do they work for second chances? You know, I talked about that on the podcast last week, and of course Sunday Bob mentioned. Did you notice on the power play, Garrett Pinomini and Connor Kurth winning back second chances on the power play? So critical for this team to have guys with that kind of hunger. They relied on Matthew Nyes and Logan Cooley so much for that last year. Yes. This year, who's it going to be? I don't know if it's going to be Kurth and Pino every every week, but they need to have guys with that kind of attitude. And that's the point of emphasis coming from the coaching staff with this group. Because I've noticed gopher power plays aren't always tic-tac-toe. They are often fast, creating chaos, and capitalizing from the other team that can't keep up. You know, that's one of Bob's big things. And for this team, you know, to hit that that peak, their ceiling, you know, they need a power play that's over 25%, I think. You know, okay. this is a team that can get to three, can get to four, but having a good power play is going to be a big part of that. Well, there it is, folks. The season's starting. That's the best part. You know, we kind of started last weekend with a little exhibition, but now it's for reals. Let's go. Now that the twins are done. Oh, oh. that you could just see it coming, Viggs. Sorry, you just, it was, oh, I know, there it is. World oh. champion. War of the vintage, 87. Yeah. A lot of positives, though. A lot of positives. Uh, it's tough. It's tough for us older people who grew up, you know, for 90, 87 to 91. So it's tough. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. Well, definitely thank Derek Burns from Dinkytown Athletes for joining us. And, of course, next week we'll be back on Thursday at 7 p.m. live from Ralph Engelstead Arena. Uh, should be just a, a fun show. For those of you watching live right now, stay tuned for some overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you next week at the Ralph.